best bets uh recording this to discuss the summit city classic uh, that took place this past weekend at riverbend golf club in fort wayne it was the fourth event on the fort wayne golf association schedule the third individual event won by garrett leeper who may or may not be joining us here in a second uh we got a big panel we got a lot to get to here so let's start it out zach fitzgerald hello you're with us how are you I am great. Spent the day golfing. Uh, it was wonderful. Good to hear. Um, I'm encouraged about that for Saturday. Ramon Montez Jr. is back. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic. I, I played with Zach and I rode him like a wild stallion, but he is. Excellent. Tim Miller, he played in the tournament this last weekend. We'll hear about his tournament later on. Tim, hello. Hey, how's it going? Hi. And the winner from this past Saturday and Sunday, Garrett Leeper, first FWGA win. I checked the records today. I had you as a runner-up back in 2021. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, first one, I lost in a playoff. That's right. Lost, lost to an eagle, though, so can't be too mad about that. Congrats on the win. Um, Thank you. Tell us, tell us about, tell us about your week. Um, uh, you know, I, you won by what six shots, so it, it doesn't look like it was that close. But I'm sure you felt differently uh, on Sunday. Uh, yeah, it it was uh, it was fun. First, thank you guys for having me on. Um, I listen listen every once in a while, so I'm glad I finally finally did something <laughs> meaningful on the show. Um, every once in a while, got it. Okay. Hey, you know, big fan here, big fan. Um, no, the, the tournament was, was good. The golf course was, was difficult, but, um, I'm not just saying it cause I won. I think it was, there was some stuff out there that was, you know, challenging, but overall, I, I think it was just a fair test of, you know, tough golf. Um, yeah. So any, any big questions you can just hit me with them, man. Wait a second on that. So you shoots, uh, what, 70. 7374 or is it back I had it backwards right backwards 7473 okay so what what was working so well for you uh this weekend uh i i putted the ball pretty pretty well um i i love fast smooth greens like that and you know just you just have to use some creativity around around the greens to you know use all the slopes and you know get the ball in the hole um i hit i hit it pretty pretty well off the tee uh the first round uh, i hit a hit a few close um and was able to convert those so uh round round two i kind of kind of got off to a bad start i piped it ob on one and had a three shot lead going into it that turned into one real quick so after that just kind of had to hunker down and try to try to find a swing that works for the day and uh didn't really find it on the front until till zach sees me on the ninth green he's like i think you're tied for the lead now so you got to step it up a little bit and uh, drove one just off the green on 10 and got that up and down for birdie and then went on a little bit of a little bit of a tear on the back nine to, to close it out. Gentlemen. So I did watch you play and, and you had uh, 
you know, on a very difficult backside, I believe he shot, was it 33 or 34? I think it was three birdies and a bogey. So maybe 34, but yeah, 34 to do sorry. that, but to do that, you know, after, after you'd kind of struggled on the front, you know, especially with your start, uh, what did you do? What were you thinking going into the back that, you know, allowed you to kind of calm down and, and hit golf shots that are required to score well there? Just stay in the moment. Don't get ahead of yourself. and. You know, I, I've been in contention in tournaments before, but never started out with a, with a lead like this, um, other than a tournament back in college that I had a two shot lead going into the second round and, you know, was able to convert that one too. It's just, you know, stay in the moment and, uh, don't get ahead of yourself. Ramon, Tim. So let me ask you a crazy real quick, um, on, on one. What were you setting up for your normal power fade and it just didn't fade or did you just double cross it? What happened there? Uh, yeah, I'd kind of set up for, set up for a fade and, you know, just straight up yanked it. I hit it pretty good. Just pulled it and the wind was blowing a little right to left, but even if it wasn't blowing, I think it was going out of bounds. So it just, just kind of, kind of went left on me and. So that that being said, I'm I'm glad you you, you shook that off. That would have that would have mind that would have mind got me pretty pretty quickly. Huh? But I'm I'm not as good as you guys are. Uh, that that being said, let me ask you. So I know the greens were were pretty hard. They were pretty fast. Did you have any strategy for that at all? Right? Was it all just played to the front? Was it played to the middle? Were you pin seeking? What what was the game plan for for most greens? Yeah, I actually use uh, use the Bushnell uh, GPS, so I. I could get a number to the front of the green and then I would shoot, shoot the flag. And, uh, you know, depending on how far ahead in, I, I feel like the greens out there are receptive. So, um, it's not, it's not like playing on some, some trampoline greens that are rock hard and the ball's just rolling in the back, no matter what. So, uh, just tried to find a number that was kind of short of the flag. Um, you know, if you hit one, hit one good, you should, should stay short. So, uh, I was just trying to stay under the hole and, most of the time I did it. And when I didn't, you know, the hole got in the way a couple of times. Other than that, uh, had to make a few, you know, eight, 10 footers for par coming back up. Fantastic. Yeah. So you, I mean, you've obviously played there multiple times and, and you kind of know your way around that place for the most part. And, and you know, as much as probably anyone knows, you, you can't be long there, right? You, you can't be really, you can't really miss pin high left or right. Unfortunately, on, on 90% of those holes, um, so yeah, if I was saying someone asked me, like, how would I play Riverbend? That's exactly what I mean. I would tell them to do, right? Hey, yeah. shoot, shoot the middle, right? Know where that's at, and then try to land it on the front. If it stays there, okay, you got to put up the hill more than likely. And if you you do hit it and it goes middle of the green, you probably got a pretty good shot at making a birdie, right? Those greens aren't huge. You're not putting on greens that are you know hundred foot long. There's a couple that are big, but no, uh, you, you never have you never have super long putts out there unless you just really misjudged one but um so it's it's about that speed control from you know 20 30 feet and you know being able to keep it below the hole and you know make some of the short ones when you do hit one in close yeah what was your, what was your favorite shot you hit over the weekend uh my favorite shot i hit where you were like ooh, that was good i want to hear that shot um so there's a couple of them the one that just sticks out the most um that actually kind of turned my round around uh 
Sunday was mm-hmm. I hit it hit it in the water going for it two on eight and where I had to drop I was it was just a weird spot so I had to hit it up over the tree uh you know that guards the front front left of the green there um as you're hitting over I had like 160 yards and uh had to drop in line with the flag and I hit a hit a dart in there with a nine iron and then that kind of that jump started my round after that I didn't didn't really miss a shot so that that is what I think turned my turn my round around from a you know swing perspective uh then coming down the stretch I hit a couple couple good ones I had a hit a lucky one on 12 I was aiming in the middle of the green and I pulled it about 15 feet and ended up a foot from the hole and made birdie um then the shot I hit on 18 I think Zach saw it it was I was just trying to leave it short of the short of the pen I didn't want to you know do anything stupid there I didn't know how big the lead was at that point um but I hit one in there about three four feet finish off with a birdie Fantastic. That that shot was was crazy. I mean, if if anybody's played a river bend, the pin was not necessarily front left. I would call it more front middle. And Garrett had hit his drive right of the fairway and and past those trees on the right. So he had, you know, probably would you have maybe eighty yards in? Uh, seventy four. I remember. Fair enough. So. But you got a little hump there, like on the right front. That's rough. Uh, and then you know. If you hit it right, you're in that bunker, and you hit. I, I think you opened something up and kind of hit it up there, and it just hit so perfectly in the rough and and rolled down to a spot that that, like you said, three foot. And I think when I walked past you, you said I could probably put a hundred balls there and not hit it that close again. So yeah, it was a pretty stellar shot in the, the situation. I uh, I credit credit Jack Hayden for giving me that thought there of uh, <laughs> that's a one in a hundred shot. Fair enough. Anything else for Garrett? Tim, you got anything? I just want to say congratulations, Garrett. That's uh, two awesome days of golf on a, a difficult golf course. I played the same course, and uh, yeah, I, I, I give you a lot of credit for just being able to manage it. Um, just managing, keeping big scores off of the card there. Uh, it's it's a it's a pretty big deal. So, congrats on the win. It was nice to to meet you this weekend, and uh, hope we see you around there some more. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, uh, thanks for that, and appreciate it. It was uh, it was certainly certainly a grind, but it was it was fun. Uh, before we let you go, what's your next event? Um, I think Brook. There's a tournament in Brookwood at uh, Brookwood. A couple weeks. I I plan to play in that. Um, but we'll we'll see what's going on with uh, with life. What are you meant to I say? Is, I don't. You, I don't you get to see if you're allowed to play or not. No, I'm allowed. I can allowed to do what I want. No, 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 well, not that. She doesn't. Much. She doesn't watch the podcast. We get. Well, she might watch this one. <laughs> we'll send her a T-shirt if that's the case. Oh, perfect! She'll love that. <laughs> All right, Garrett Leeper, winner of the Summit City Classics. You're off the hook. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for joining awesome. us. Awesome. Thanks for having Bye, me, sir. guys. Take care. See ya. All right, boys. Um, well, Tim, you're you're the one that was in the events. Um, played yeah, two pull days up my out there. fucking scorecard. <laughs> Dude, should I share Let's the check screen? Check that out. 
I don't. I, I would love it if you'd share the screen. There's a. Uh, Let me do that. Um, well, I guess so. Start us off with. I, I mean, gosh, guys, I was in. I was in Dublin, Ohio, but uh, Saturday night I heard rumors that a U.S. Open broke out on Saturday. So I need to know if that's <laughs> if that's the truth. <laughs> I did not play. I showed up at eleven on the first day and was told that it was unplayable and unfair and that nobody was going to break 80, I believe is what I was told by the first person I saw. So it was pretty interesting to show up there and hear that instantly kind of honestly made me very unhappy. I didn't play. So. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, I heard from, I heard from Tim, I heard from, from Amanda, Tim's lady that people were complaining. I heard from Muzak. So I just, I was like, what is going on over there? So Tim, take, I guess, take us through the, the first day, how that played out for you. And then, and then your thoughts on, on, was it, was it unplayable? <laughs> um, well, the first day, you know, all I thought about going into this tournament, I hadn't played in a, uh, in an F WGA event for several years, made a lot of swing changes, didn't really feel ready for it, but this is also like the first tournament that Riverbend has been able to get with the golf association since the eighties. So it was kind of a big deal for the members, um, to, to be out there and support the course. And, and I guess before I even say anything else, I, I want to say, uh, thank you to Tom Botteron for being the best superintendent in the city of Fort Wayne. Um, there's a lot of criticism to the course and, and a lot of criticism, the way it was set up. Um, the thing that people that aren't close to Riverbend probably don't know is that's, that's Tom's heart and soul out there. I mean, he spends as much time on that golf course as any superintendent in the area and him and his crew work their asses off to get the course like that. That wasn't a tricked up course. Um, that, that was Riverbend and, and Tom takes a lot of pride in that. And, and it's, it's a little disappointing uh, to hear all the negative feedback the day of the event uh, as Tom's riding around in a cart, kind of getting a feel for things. I mean, the only thing I said to Tom that day is the course is perfect. Like, it's beautiful. It's perfect. And, um, you know, we're talking about a course that, that doesn't have the budget that private courses have and doesn't have the amount of employees and uh, the closer that I've got to Riverbend, I got to see all these, these things and, and to see what Tom can pull off with that course is amazing. And the guy's a genius and he deserves a lot of credit. So to 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 have all this negative feedback, uh, is kind of disappointing, but I want to say thank you to Tom. I hope he's listening. Um, but as far as going into the tournament, all I wanted to do was manage my days. I just wanted to manage my round of golf. And the first day I did a pretty good job of sloppy. Just kind of sloppy at first, um, but I kind of got things going and didn't make worse than bogey, I believe, on the first day. And that was a pretty big accomplishment to just keep anything worse than bogey off the card. Mm -hmm. Didn't make any birdies, but uh, made a lot of pars. And they were a lot of those were fairly easy pars. I didn't hit a lot of greens. Um, I feel like Riverbend is just one of those courses where the margin of error is a lot smaller than other courses uh, in the area. One of them is that the fairways are probably an average of, you know, 25 to 30 yards wide. Um, and if you get out of position on that course, I mean, it's, it's double bogey. And, and that's, that's why we saw a lot of guys 
the, the, the people being out of position is what caused the big scores, not the golf course and not the speed of the greens and not the position of the pins. If you get out of position on that course, it's very hard to get back into position and without, without taking more than a, a boat. I did that the first day. Uh, I, was, I was really satisfied with where I was at after the first day. Um, I was, I was a little intimidated going into the pairing on the second day because I don't play with these guys. Like Ramon said, I'm not as good as these guys. And uh, to be out there with Schweitzer, who won some events on the Three Rivers Tour, I, I know he's, he's placed pretty well in some golf association events. Really good player, really nice guy. Um, you know, the, the pairing that I got was with, uh, with him and Kevin Irons and, and both very good players. Kevin had a great day Sunday. Uh, but I was a little nervous going into that. Uh, the front nine there and just the, the first couple holes. And, you know, I was nervous, but I, I took aim right down the center of the fairway on, on number one. And I, I probably hit the best drive I've hit all weekend or I hit all weekend and then stuck one pretty close and made birdie and I felt pretty good. And, and as you can see from the card, it was kind of up and down on the back, but generally speaking, uh, I was happy to make the turn at 41. I felt like with where my game is, if I could go out there and shoot anywhere near 160, 165, I would have a, a pretty good weekend and I would be satisfied personally with that. Um, you know, as you make the turn here uh, on Sunday, it's just it finally caught up with me, you know, like Riverbend finally caught up with me and uh, hit one out of bounds on 12. I had bailed out real, really far right on the next one and, and, I got out of position on that hole and, and that nine could have easily been a 12 because I was on the line uh, behind the hole. Uh, but fortunately the ball was, it was touching uh, something in inbound. So it wasn't a, another penalty. Um, I missed a short, short par putt on 14 and that pretty much put me into that uh, triple quad double, double uh, finish that you don't really see, but it, I, I hung in there after the nine and after I made, I missed that, that two footer, I just kind of mentally checked out. Unfortunately it happens, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was a really, really fun event. I mean, it, it had my nerves going. It was nice to play tournament golf again. I'm not sure if I'll do it anytime soon on purpose, but, um, but it was, a, it was a good weekend and I felt like the golf course was hard, but our, our club championship plays harder than that. Uh, we do it every year. And I guess just for the, the members at Riverbend, that was just another weekend at Riverbend, uh, maybe with a little bit more difficult pin placements. Um, but as far as unfair, that's just kind of a trash statement for anybody to make. And if they, they make that, they don't really appreciate, you know, the, the work that's put into that because outside of these private courses in Fort Wayne, you don't get greens like this. And that, and the greens are what should matter to, to, to most good players. And yes, they're fast. The pins were, were difficult, but you had a landing area, every hole, you had a landing area that if you kept it in that spot, you'd still have a reasonable putt. It's not like the pins were unreachable. You could still get there. You just had to hit good, really good shots to get there. The greens way for way softer than they are in the fall when we play the club championship. There's a lot of balls that stuck that that maybe I hit a groove low or something that normally I don't I don't think that in the summertime or just in another month or two that those balls are going to stick and and he had them watered down. I mean, he really cupcaked the course on day two. 
But if you look at the stats, the, the course played just as hard day two with par, two par threes, one of them playing 91 yards and one playing 110. So he watered the greens down. He tried to slow it down, tried to appease people, and they still went out there and shot ridiculous scores. So, you know, maybe the golf course is just too hard for some people. You know, maybe they're just not as good of players as they think they are when they're playing cupcake courses that water the shit out of their greens. You can aim at every flag. You're leaving a crater in every green. It, you're getting backspin. I mean, not all golf courses should play the same. And Riverbend doesn't play the same as every other golf course. And I've talked for like 10 minutes, so say I something. Was, I was just waiting for you to finish. I mean, you've pretty much rolled like five questions I, I may have asked until like that long, I mean, statement. But uh, Ramon, I was kind of texting with Tim about this earlier and and talking with Johnny. We recorded a, a second part of this podcast uh, with him last night about his, his week, but Shouldn't there be a realization when I decide to enter a, a tournament at Riverbend um, compared to, say, in three weeks at Brookwood that there's just going to be a difference in in the golf course, golf courses I'm playing? One is going to play a lot different. It's going to play tougher, more challenging. Um, and I need to know, under, understand that going in, that the scores are going to be higher and it's going to be more challenging. Is is so, is it is it a lack of um, coming to terms with that, where where maybe guys had an issue, or oh, is is it an ego thing? What do you think it is? Um, I'm I'm glad you asked me this question. Yep, that's why I said a, cu- a couple a couple things. Remember, Riverbend isn't a new course, right? I think I think that's the piece where people keep keep misunderstanding and misconstruing um, the idea of golf. Right, golf has had generations. Right. This course was this course was built back in the seventies when when things were slightly different back then. You know, the newer generation of golf course, the uh, and I'll name them right: Autumn, the Autumn Ridges, the Cherry Hills, the Cobblestones, the Noble Hawks. They were designed. They were designed to get people in and out as fast as possible to make money, aka revenue. Right. Um, and I'm not saying anything bad about those those courses. I love playing all of them, right? Do do I enjoy Riverbend more? Yeah, of course. You're in nature. You're not surrounded by houses. I, th- I think it's a superior golf course for many different ways. That being said, um, yeah, man, I, I, I think there's a weird stigma that everyone who is a zero or even a plus handicap has to shoot low scores every time they play golf. And that's just an unrealistic expectation of themselves, first off, and and of 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 the sport in general. Um, you're not supposed to go out and shoot two under every time. Um, you're not supposed to go out and shoot your exact handicap or, or whatever that case may be. Yeah, is there, is there some really good players that didn't play the greatest that those couple days? Sh- sure. Do do I go out and shoot seventy five every time I play? Absolutely not. You don't feel. I said, Tim doesn't shoot that every time he plays. Even even the great Zach Fitzgerald doesn't do that, right? We all have off days, but we all know going into this tournament and this tournament alone that we've played the five-man there. We've we've played two-mans there. We know how hard this place can be. Um, So I don't know if it was a lack of preparation mentally or physically or going into this and and taking it lightly, and it bit him in the ass. 
right? Like, I, I don't know other way to explain it other than that. Um, and, and the reason being is because, dude, I get it. There's a lot of great players. I don't, I won't name list names because it's irrelevant. There's a lot of great players. I'm looking through this list, and I've seen them shoot better scores playing there. But it's tournament golf at River Bend. It's the first time this has happened. I hope in the future, right? It it, it gets better, right? But I also hold there's a lot of things you know that I think that could be better. Zach, as as a golfer. Um, I mean, and again, Tim and I have, have talked about this as well. There, there's, there's this thought of challenging yourself and kind of seeing what you're, what you're made of, right? Like, how, how mentally tough am I? Can I handle tough conditions? And um, can I play a hard golf course in, in tournament setting? There should be that thought with everyone, I guess, at least in, in my, my, my mind, that everyone would feel that way, but. I don't know. Is that not the case with, with maybe some of the guys locally where and it kind of goes to Ramon's point, you, you know, you kind of have this ego of, I got to shoot 73, 74 maximum. And, and if I'm, if I'm 78, 79, then man, that looks bad. And I don't, I don't like the way that looks just on the scorecard. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I can tell you that my ego hates seeing numbers that are high on a scorecard. Um, I know personally for me, uh, my, my Riverbend story, I came from Autumn Ridge where I was a member for, I think it was four or five years. And I loved Autumn Ridge. I loved the golf course. I love the people that play there. We had some fantastic competitive matches. I shot some good scores there. I shot some bad scores there. Um, and then I came to Riverbend and it was, it was a shock to me because I thought that I could hit a lot of different kinds of shots. I thought that I was stronger mentally than what I was. And what Riverbend did to me for 18 months was teach me that I was nowhere close to as good as what I thought I was. And it still does that a lot of times when I play, you know, I have, I have good weeks where I'm hitting the ball well and I feel great about myself. And, and then I go out there and shoot something like 81. And, and don't even anymore after seven years of doing it, feel bad after I do that, because I just know that that's going to happen. So I think that what it is, is that, that there are, are multiple courses around town that are fantastic, but obviously easier than Riverbend. So you're going to get a lot of people used to shooting scores uh, that look more towards their handicap, as well as on a lot of these courses, being able to just hit it flags. I mean, they're much more receptive than what Riverbend is. So Riverbend takes a different style of golf. It's not just your, I guess, to me, I look at Riverbend as almost a little bit more like a Lynx course where you keep the ball a little bit lower to the ground, play it to the ground, play the slopes. Um, and it has taught me personally to be more creative. Um, so when I go to other golf courses, I get into positions that previously to playing at Riverbend, I would have uh, been scared of or maybe not had the creativity or the imagination to hit. Now playing at Riverbend has taught me to look in a different way. And I just think that it's that people aren't used to it. And, and when Riverbend starts getting you, it doesn't just get you on score. It gets you mentally. And when you start getting down on yourself, it just compounds. And it's just difficult. It, it takes takes 
years to even begin to understand how to play that place. And if you really want to know how to play it, come out and play with us and, and watch Tom Botter and play that place. If you want to learn how to play Riverbend, play around a golf with Tom Botter around there and, and you will learn how to play Riverbend. And I guarantee yeah. it's pretty much not at all what anybody thinks it is. It, it, you cannot overpower the golf course. You have to think that golf course. Uh, it, I just think that it's, it's, so difficult once it starts getting at you that it's not like other places that you can just grind and get away from it unless you know where not to hit it. Um, and I don't, I don't begrudge anybody for, for anything that they say about it. Everybody's, everybody has their opinions and that's perfectly fine. Uh, I obviously, I love it. I think it's done nothing but made me a better golfer. And and I would challenge anybody to come out there and be a member for three years and then tell me that you're not a better golfer than what you were before you came there. Um, so that's kind of my two cents. I don't want to, I don't want to down on anybody. I, I do think there were some comments that were certainly unnecessary. Um, I think that, that people come into Riverbend with a negative attitude to begin with. And you know, when you come into it with that, I promise you, if you come to Riverbend with a negative attitude, you have zero chance of playing well. So it's, I think it's, it's a mental thing with a stigma of years and years and years of, of people for some reason thinking the word gimmick is Riverbend. And for me, it is placement and mental thought. Uh, so that's, that's my thoughts on it. I'm sure that everybody else will have some more things to say, but you know, that's my journey. I think that that journey is consistent with a lot of people that I've played with. Um, I would say that if you ask Johnny Strasser, uh, he would tell you that his journey is very similar at Riverbend to that because he and I have discussed that. So um, I don't think I'm in the minority there. Good thoughts. Um, good thoughts by all of you. Um, I guess I guess those thoughts aside. Um, Tim, you know, kind of looking at some of the, you know, I think Johnny mentioned that there might have been a couple pins that, that he thought maybe were a touch unfair. Isaac, you were out there. He mentioned maybe nine, eighteen, and on the first day, um, and he 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 said that to Tom. Um, but uh, other than that, it didn't sound like there was any any pins. And, and from from your standpoint, that you thought crossed the line. No, I. I Honestly, I, I nine was probably the only one that I thought was pretty tough because there wasn't a lot of area to land the ball to where it would stay up. I think you'd have to be left of it, and it, it was a very small window. Um, 18. 18 was pretty gangster. It was, but I mean, the thing oh, is, you know, is that I, it didn't bother me, I don't think, because I hit the ball to where it rolled through and it went down into the little bowl down there. Yeah, so I had a full putt. So it, it didn't really affect me, but I, I guess where it was, it was kind of hard to get to. And if you're going to get there, it was going to be where my ball ended up. Um, so what he's saying is he hit it in the proper spot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> once again, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's all that golf course is. And I don't know, I guess I'm so used to playing there now that, Going somewhere else, I don't even think about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's certain areas you just can't land the ball, and and you can't play the ball, or the putt's going to be impossible, and you're just walking yourself into a three putt. 
you might as well leave it short and chip, you know, like there's just my, my whole thing for the, the whole weekend was just hit the ball short, just play at a club short. And if I'm chipping, I'm chipping, at least I'm, I'm saying below the hole. I'm, I'm, I, I had a game plan. I didn't always follow it, but you know, a game plan also takes into consideration, not getting out of position on the course. And, and I still think that's why people shot shitty scores is because they were out of position on the golf course. And if you don't play there enough, you don't always know what out of position is. I mean, like hole four, if you hit it just a little bit left off the tee, if you're over by the bunkers, you're, you're fine. You got a wide open shot at it, but if you're just a little bit left and from the tee box, you can't really see. And that's if you're laying up. I know a lot of these guys are driving it down there and they're carrying that water, but there's still a lot of us that are hitting irons down there and trying to play it to a spot. You're a little bit left. You're kind of blocked out or you got to hit a shot that you're not comfortable with. You know, I, I think anybody that plays at Riverbend a lot has learned how to hit some kind of a punch down or, you know, a, like a knockdown shot that's or, or like a baby punch, something that is is, is basically going to roll up um, because either because that's the way you want to play it on that hole or it's because you kind of have to because you got yourself, you know, under some tree branches somewhere. I know, like Zach said, it's made me a better player and, and I'm not, I'm nowhere near where I would like to be. I'm not sure I'll ever get there, but I think I'm at the right place to do it. And, um, but the, the, the pin, the pin that I think stood out to me the most was five, just because I've never seen it where it was at. It wasn't ridiculously difficult, but I could see how balls may not stay there. Um, cause it was like just a little bit like five paces past middle left and it was kind of right on that side slope but it didn't affect us and i didn't hear too much complaining about it uh, i know nine was pretty brutal but yeah i mean in the second day i thought everything was really you know it, it was pretty basic stuff it wasn't it was pretty flat putts that second day but i know the first day is when all the complaining was that seemed to be going on um you know, I, I know we passed, we passed one group and they said something about this place is unplayable. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I think it's a good sample size. Opinion. You know what I mean? Tim? And, and the reason you say, I say that is because the participation in my opinion was shit. Right. Do you think it was um, because of the fact that they're going to go there, the potential of going out there and shooting <laughs> in the eighties and that just breaks people's hearts, you know, like, I, I don't know, right? But like, okay, so take out, take out. Are you saying because there's only there's only 48 players, Ramon? Yeah, 100. percent That's trash for sure. That is trash. That's 100 percent trash. Um, I mean, I'm, and I'm not I'm not trying to be overly hard on it, but at the end of the day, remove the Riverbend members, right? That leaves 36 people who signed up to play that course, right? That's that's ridiculous. Like, how do you shut down an entire course for a morning up until a Thursday when they give the time, say, hey, this is how many people we're going to have, this is how many people signed up, and go, we have 36 people who essentially signed up to play your course that aren't members. So how can, how can 36 people really have a true understanding of, of, of what that place could be or the potential of it, right? I mean, Little City had 55. Coyote had 71. Um, I don't know if that was from lack of effort um, on, on on the people who run the tournament. I don't know if that is um, 
everyone's just so busy or is it because they slapped another tournament in the middle of two, one, two other tournaments, right? Cause we had the hall of fame, which was two weeks ago or essentially two weeks from the previous Saturday. And then they threw in McMillan the week after, and then another one right in society in, in order of, of this tournament as well. So did they hurt this tournament by smacking another one in it? I don't know, right? Are people scared to play it? I don't I don't know, but I was I was overly disappointed in the participation of it. Right? I mean, how can you get a good sample size of what people actually would have shot when we had 36 people that weren't members that actually came out and played? It's piss poor. Right? And then and and not to mention too, from obviously everyone knows like I'm friends with Tom and I'm friends with Aaron, and this is not their they said nothing like this to me. They have nothing in the game what I'm about to say, and 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 I'm fine with that. But like I almost felt bad because it's like, how do you shut down prime time hours for a golf course for 36 people? That's like you don't think that that, that course lost money doing that. Right. So, so Tom busts his ass and Aaron busts their ass for, for 36 people to enjoy the golf course. And then half of them bitched and moaned about it being certain conditions. It's embarrassing. Like, I don't know other way to say it other than it's embarrassing. I, did, I didn't think of it from that perspective. That's, that's, that's a really good thought though, Ramon. Yeah. It's um, just, it's just, it's, it it sucks because it's like, you finally gave Riverbend a shot. I think you kind of semi-sabotaged it by running a tournament the, the week before, right? And then not only did that, like, I don't know if it was very minimal advertising for it or whatever the case may be. Now you have, and not to mention, too, Tom's a, a super nice guy, as we all know. He 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 took every, he took care of everybody, gave them discounts on walking, he gave them discounts on, on riding, right? And it's not like, you know, think about your normal mo- normal morning, Saturday, Sunday rounds. Those are going to be, uh, you know, fifty-five bucks a round plus beer and all this other stuff. You don't, you lose all of that. That's right out the door, right? So, so now it costs Tom and Aaron to to run a tournament to try to be like, it. It just didn't make sense to me. Like I'm like trying to do the math in my head, and I've yet to make it make sense. I've tried and tried and tried, and I'm I feel like I'm a pretty smart dude, especially when it comes to to numbers. And I've tried a hundred times to make it make sense, and the more I think about it, the more upset I get because it's like. Exactly what uh, Tim said earlier. Like these dudes are out there busting their ass, um, trying to. Well, make I, th- I think the hurt. I think the hurtful thing is is on top of losing the money. It, it was talked down about the course and and the course conditions were fantastic. I obviously didn't play, but I've been there long enough to be able to look at the golf course and know how it's playing. Um, and I, there's no way it was. It was unfair. Uh, number nine was uh, number nine on Saturday was probably a little too dicey. And to not make excuses, I used to set the pins at Riverbend, so I can tell you that number nine is the first one that gets done for the day, and it's done in the dark every single day. And you know how undulating that is. If you move that pin two foot to the left, nobody has the problem that they did. Uh, so uh, Tom would probably admit that maybe a small mistake was made on that one. But aside from that, there was no other pen that I saw that was unfair. The one on 18 that you're talking about, um, if you get in the wrong spot above it, you're obviously going to hit it to the bottom. 
you can't stop gravity. Uh, and, and if you're hitting it from the bottom and you hit it three and a half foot past, you have a down foot, putt, down foot, downhill, sorry, putt that if you miss, it's going to the bottom. That again, is just gravity. You can't help that. So uh, the thing is, is you have to learn how to hit putts there. You can't hit uphill putts four foot past to make them downhill putts. That'll turn into a double bogey or a triple bogey extremely fast. Um, and, and to hear that people said that it was unfair because of, uh, I can't say anything other than it was just ignorance of knowing how to, how to put on the greens and then hitting poor putts. I'm not saying that anybody is a bad putter. I'm just saying that those greens in particular are extremely difficult to play on and you have to know how to put them. And to say that the greens were unfair or ridiculous or unplayable because you just are simply incapable of putting out there because of your inexperience is very unfair. So when you're talking about money loss, uh, normally a tournament, uh, a course gets a tournament, they take the money loss because you're going to get some sort of prestige or positive thoughts out of it or good press, as you would call it. Uh, but to get nothing but negativity and unhappiness from half the people is yeah, I was gonna say, it wasn't just more of a slap because... in the face. Right. No, it definitely wasn't because I talked to I talked to even some of the higher handicap guys that I know playing these, and I won't name them either. But they had a they had a great time. I I know I'm not saying Mark Davis is one of them. I was talking to Mark Davis after he came off 18, or Mike Davis. I'm sorry. Um, he's like, yeah, man, I had a great time. Did I play like Did I play like shit today? He's like, yeah, I still had fun. I still had a good time. Um, he's like, these these greens are ridiculous. They're ridiculously <laughs> awesome on how good they roll and all this stuff. And he's like, I had a good time. Yeah. Did some of the guys with me not have a good time? Did I hit bad shots? Of course. That's that's part of this game. And even some of the higher handicaps that are significantly higher that play in all these tournaments, um, I, I talked to them at the end of the round. They had a blast, right? Because and I don't know if it's because, and this is going to sound rude, I guess, almost, because they didn't shoot too far off what they normally shoot, right? And and they had a great time doing it on 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 a course that's uh, normally very difficult. They still shot what they shot. They were pumped up about it, man. So and I don't want to take away. So the thirty six guys that did come out, I I do applaud you, right? Don't don't get me wrong. I do appreciate you coming out, and I do appreciate the the coming to see uh, the course that we play on a daily basis. I know some of those guys. It's just it's just the the ten or twelve that that came out or not extremely happy or upset about some of the, some of the conditions or whatever the case may be. Like, I just wish they would stop and go, okay, I, I, I get this place now. Um, these guys are working their ass off to put this thing on. Um, if there was an, you know, it's, it's, it's just a slick, it's a slick place that, uh, that, like I said, it's true and due to my heart. Don't get me wrong. And they're almost entitled their feeling. They can bitch and moan all they want. I don't, I, that, part, that, that part doesn't, uh, bother me it's it's more of the fact that's like is it really true or is it slander at that point in time right i don't know hey right hey, I, I like, I, like I, do you have the the tournament still pulled up on your computer i have it pulled up i'm curious what how many birdies were there on number nine the first day of the tournament can we, can we see that? And on 18. I don't think it'll tell you the first day. It'll tell you total. Total, yeah. No. There was two well, eagles on my first, phone. Two eagles on the round one, 63 birdies on the round one. You go to course stats. Yeah, that's what I'm in. Oh, complete course stats. Oh, here it is. Yeah. 
On number uh, nine, you said? Yeah, I have on yeah. the screen here that the field average for the tournament was 4.96. I don't have day one. I think that's whole one, isn't it? Yeah, Did you say one or nine? Nine. Nine, sorry. Okay, so for the tournament, nine played 4.91, 11 birdies. It's like 17 doubles, 11 others. So hold up. The whole one had more or less birdies than whole nine on the weekend? Yeah. Yes, yes. Five less. Okay. I, I wish that we could break that down day to day. I think I can on, you, on you, the app. You can. There you were can. two or three on the the first day, I think. I know that Marquardt made one. I know Leaper made one. And I think somebody else made one. On nine, you're saying? Yeah. But they both on hit nine, On nine, there was six birdies. The first on day? One. On one one, run one, yes. I think that's for the tournament we're wrong. I don't think so, dude, because I'm looking at it right now, and it shows nine. It shows, it shows five birdies on round two. Okay. Crazy that there would be more birdies on that front. If I filter the entire thing, if I filter the entire thing, there's 11 birdies on whole nine over the, over, the, over the course of the weekend. So there was five Saturday, or six Saturday and five Sunday with the pin down in the bowl. So like there was six, six, six on, there was six on uh, round one and then five in round two. So it kind of proves the point that the pin really wasn't the problem because they put in the bowl and there was only, there was one less birdie. So I don't, I still don't, I'm not really sold that that was an unfair pin. I, I, it was a hard same, same, same thing on 18, 18, four birdies, both days. It wasn't exactly in a cupcake spot on Sunday though, on 18, <laughs> it was, it was still pretty tough where it was at, but it's all about position. It's just like it always is at that course. And if you, if you didn't hit that second shot on nine in the right place, hell, you could come up short and chip in. I saw a guy do that. The, the guy in the group behind us did that. So it's like, it's all about course knowledge and how you want to play the course. And, and if you're trying to play uh, Riverbend like you're playing Autumn Ridge or Cherry Hill or Pine Valley, it, like it's not going to happen. Like it's just not the same course. Right. And, and and I also, I don't understand what the, the big deal is about having a tournament that is actually like really hard like i don't know why people would would run away from that i mean i i think for like a golf purist like that kind of like bring like kind of sucks you in because it's like you know it's going to be brutal conditions you know it's going to be hard it's like it's like our us open that we get to play it every year somewhere like well just let me tim let me ask you that now that you say that so like does that give the Garrett Leapers of the world a better chance to win? So it's not just pound as hard as you can and chip up and then you have like it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy yes. because there is there is an art of hitting the long ball. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying I'm not taking anybody who hits the long ball away from you. Um, but I wouldn't say any Garrett does hit a pretty far ball, but uh Bailey hits a pretty good ball. Um, but the top five people, I wouldn't say they're bombers by any means, right? I mean, did that is that what neutralized? Is that what neutralizes the bombers? Oh, I think so. I mean, I, I think a, a few few factors about Riverbend do because if you're a bomber and you stray it at all, you know, you're you're 
once again, you're getting out of position on the golf course. So like a lot of the holes, it's not even about how far you hit it. It's about where you hit it. And if you're going to have a shot the next, and it's, so you can't overpower it. And I don't think, I think I've watched guys try to overpower it. And some guys have got away with it, but they're guys that play out there forever. So, yeah, I think, I think a little bit it's strategy. It's, it, it brings, it brings your brain into it. It's just like Zach said earlier, it, it, this course makes you think and it makes you, it challenges you on what kind of shots you want to hit. And right. it's not always the, the shot that you would think that you would hit. So, yeah. Phil, Phil, what do you, what do you think? I mean, why do you think participation was so dumb? You know, I, I, I have to think it's, it's, Probably an in intimidation factor of the course. I, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I mean, there's, you know, to me, it doesn't make sense why more people would play Little City, a one-day event, than this, a two-day event at a, at a better golf course. Um, the only thing I can think of is people don't want to go out there and, and get get challenged in a way that they're not challenged at other courses and other tournaments on the schedule. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys all – I get riverbended. You guys all made good points. I'm not going to be redundant with it, but I, I, I think that's I think that's probably the most likely answer. Um, you know, without without taking a poll of why some of the better players that skipped it, why they skipped it. But um, yeah, and I, I agree. It's again, I, I think as a golfer, I, I like to be challenged. I I like it when it plays tougher. I think well, you guys too. I think you, you know, from my perspective for. The, for guys that maybe aren't as talented or aren't as better or as good of players, I think when it's tougher, it, it kind of levels the playing field. I really do. I mean, I like it when it plays tougher because I don't make as many birdies as the good players. I think if it's a par fest or, you know, managing my, my missus to bogey, that, that, that brings me into the mix more than a birdie fest. And I think a lot of guys that that should be the case. So it's a little missed time. It's, it's, it's a hard to understand why people wouldn't want that um the guys that are lesser talented um yeah so i told Zach, i think it's fun to play a course that par is a good score like right that's the way i look at every hole at riverbend it's like par is a good score if if you would have went out and part every hole you win the tournament you know mm -hmm. like it it's not a birdie fest kind of place it's it's just not what it is I, there's a lot of birdies that can be made out there but to make a lot in a round i mean the most I've ever made in a round out there is four. I'm sure these guys have made more than that, but four was a lot for me. I made the turn once at five under and I shot like 78. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I think I remember that. Uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty neat. Um, guys, I, I, I told Zach, you we were going to, we, we were going to aim for 30 minutes here. We've gone 53. I, I think I got to wrap this. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, second part of this is is Johnny talking about his week, and it's about 20 minutes. So, um, Ramon, Zach, Tim, appreciate the thoughts, appreciate your time. Uh, I enjoyed it. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Uh, uh, Tim, Zach, I'll see you guys Saturday. Um, we'll have a good time out there at uh, Noble Hawk. But uh, part two coming up next with Johnny. Um, next FWGA event is the. Um, I don't even know what it's called, but it's at Brookwood. It's it's in uh, three weeks.
Um, what is that called? It's the it's the FWG ammo open at Brookwood. So look forward to that. Um, part two coming up next. All right, we have Johnny Strauser on to review his Summit City Classic from Riverbend Golf Course this past weekend. Johnny finished T2, uh, nine over for the week. Uh, Johnny, um, I didn't know the U.S. Open was held at Riverbend this past weekend, but I guess that's the case, huh? <laughs> we are a couple days after this event, and I am still mentally not recovered from uh, from the challenge of that. I mean, that... That is one of the harder golf courses I think I've played in. I can't tell you how many years. I can remember the uh, when they had the city championship a few years ago at Sycamore. That last day, it was just absolutely brutal. It was real hard, just a real hard golf course setup. But this golf course, though, I mean, when when he feels like it, he Tom can make this golf course as tough as possible. And uh, you know, judging by the scores there, and and not being overly upset with it, you know, that's that's. That's just how, uh, um, you know, how I felt there was, you know, it is what it is, you know? So let's, let's go back to Saturday. You, um, you shoot a 77 on Saturday and I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen here in a second and take a look at your scar, your scorecard here. Um, but I know you had, you had a slew of birdies on, on Saturday. Um, I actually, um, uh, you know, I was at the memorial, but I, I opened up your your card and I was like, "Oh my God, this guy made a boatload of birdies." Um, unfortunately, some of the other holes popped up, but I think you made six birdies on Saturday. I believe so. I believe it was six six birdies. Um, it was for for most of the people probably listening haven't haven't played golf with me, and I'm a guy who makes fifteen pars a birdie and two bogeys in a round. I mean, you know, you, it's kind of what you're going to get out of me is, is just a whole bunch of pars. Um, strength of my, the, of my game is, is I'm short off the tee, but I'm straight and I hit a lot of greens for, for an amateur golfer and miss a lot of birdie putts, but don't really hit a ton that are close to the hole. But it was, it was different. I knew I had to be aggressive I knew the scores would be higher because I had played the golf course earlier that week in some practice rounds. I knew it was going to be pretty tough. And um, six birdies, though, that's that's a lot for me in a round there. And I just felt I had to keep being aggressive. And the greens were so smooth and so pure that as long as you got them online and you were you were kind of underneath the hole, they were pretty easy to read. They 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 are very very true. They break a lot, but I can, I can still read greens, even though I can't putt, you know, I can't make a lot of putts a lot of times. So it was kind of funny that, so I start out first hole, hit, hit a drive. And then for people who play Riverbend, I mean, it is, the, the greens are, a lot of them are sloped back to front. Don't get above the hole. You got to leave yourself some, you know, a, a lot of uphill putts. A, a six footer downhill is a worse putt attempt than an 18 footer uphill. So of course the first hole, what do I do? I hit a wedge. I hit a little bit thin, so I didn't have much spin on it. I hit it six feet past the hole at a back pin and just make a three, an easy three putt. I hit it. I had a six footer down the hill for birdie, and then I had an 18 footer 
uphill for par. Missed that putt. So then I ra- roll in a, a, a long birdie putt on two. And then I, I, I kind of fumble three and, uh, you know, make bogey there. Or I hit in the water, actually. So I hit in the water on, on, on three, made bogey. And then and we get to the four. I hit a bad tee shot, but I had an opening. And then luckily they had the pin in, in, a, in a bowl. And I hit it up the slope and it rolls down to about six feet underneath the hole. Easy putt. And it just kind of was, that's how it was. It was just, it was a series of just hitting bad shots and not getting rewarded for them and actually paying a price for them, but hitting a ton of good shots and getting a lot of good, uh, a lot of good birdie chances at it and, and converting those putts. So it was, it was pretty stressful because it just felt like I was just trying to play catch up um, because I wanted to shoot something around. I was hoping around even par and I was, I was very well on a, on my way to doing something like that. And I get to 18, um, after making a, a, a tap and birdie on 17, I get to 18 there and, um, you'll see the score there. I think that is a, uh, a triple bogey. Um, it is, I, I hit it on the green and two, and I had a birdie putt and I made triple bogey. So hmm. that was the first time I had ever five putted. And I really wanted to do that. I really wanted to, I was thinking about having you ask me, well, how'd you five putt? And I wanted to do the, the, the Sevy thing, I miss, I miss, I miss, I miss, I make. And that's kind of just what it was. Uh-huh. Is So how uh, that pin, and I talked to Tom about it Sunday after the round there, about that pin. It was a back middle pin. So, okay. you know, back right is still a lot of slope, but you have a lot more green to work with. But that back pin, when it gets a little bit firm, you know, you got to stay underneath the hole. So what I did was I, I tried to bury it and actually missed the green to the left. Well, I hit it. To the front left portion of the green, and you had that right break, and then the, the left break over there from about forty feet. And I hit the worst first putt in the history of golf, I think, and it rolled all the way down to the bottom of the hill, which was fine. And I hit my second putt up there to about, I don't know, it was about three feet, something like that, three three and a half feet downhill, right to left slider. Just you know, just one of those terrifying putts. And if you miss it, it's going to go twenty feet down the hill, and that's exactly what it did. And then my dumbass had a double bogey putt and I just hit it up there and I hit it about five feet by the hole, but that was a straight downhill putt. And luckily I, I put myself out of my misery and, and, uh, made, made triple there, but I was looking at being, uh, tied for first after that first day mm-hmm. and then end up, luckily I was second place because the scores were all pretty high, but, uh, I talked to Tom about that later. He set that pin at like 4.30 a.m. when he wasn't expecting it to really firm up at all. And it really did firm up. And that green was was real hard. And, you know, for those who have played Riverbend, you've got to play the golf course backwards. you got to know where the pin's at. you got to come in from a certain angle on your your uh, your iron shots. And you got to hit your tee shots to where you want to come in from. So you got to kind of think backwards on that, that course there. And there was a lot of times I didn't and just hit a lot of a lot of a lot of bad ones that get penalized. That's the one thing about Riverbend Golf Club is that bad shots get penalized. You can't just you can't get away with stuff. You got to know about that. So ended up being uh, a few shots back, but in the final pairing, got to got to play with uh, uh, Jamie Deltar and and Garrett Leeper, um, who uh, was the overnight leader. And the Sunday. The, the wind was a lot stronger. Uh, it was a it was kind of a crosswind on a lot of holes. There weren't a lot of holes that were playing downwind or right into the wind, so that's real tough. And then you throw in the greens, which were getting even even more firm. 
the pins were a lot more fair. They shortened the golf course because there was some complaints about it. And we'll probably get into that here in a few minutes. Um, but, uh, uh, thought we were going to do something there with that, uh, and win that golf tournament. Garrett on the very first hole snap hooks it into the trees out of bounds, takes double bogey. I make par. As you see by the scorecard there, make a par on two, par on three, four, and then five. And then I get to, you get to six. I almost hit, make a hole in one thing goes right, right across the cup, 10 inches away, tap in birdie. I was like, all right, here we go. Garrett then, um, who at that point was one shot ahead of me, I make that putt to tie. He mm-hmm. has a chip shot from right underneath because he his ball landed short and rolled down. And, and that's kind of where everybody kind of hits it. It was a front right pin. He was kind of front left. He chips it in for the second day in a row, makes, makes birdie on top of me there. So gets that lead there. And then we get to seven. I had a good tee shot, hit a, hit a great iron shot. He hits a really good iron shot as well. We both have eight, nine feet for birdie. He's first, um, barely misses the putt. I make birdie. I'm like, all right, here we go. Two in a row. Got the par five downwind tees up. I can, I can get there. I, I know where the pins at. It's in the middle. It's accessible. We're good. So he hits kind of a weak drive that hits the trees, kicks out in the middle of the fairway. And then I hit a bomb, have probably 215 with a bad lie. We're waiting for the green to clear. He's got hybrid from like 250 or something like that and hits this burner ground ball that goes right into the creek there on eight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I had planned the layup. So I hit a pitching wedge to layup. Then we get up there. He hits his iron shot onto the green. Um, I got an open shot, middle pin. This is like green light special at, at Riverbend. You know, here's, here's, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to hit it close. We're going to make birdie. We're going to take a one or two shot lead. And then, and then I'm going to bury him the next couple holes. Unfortunately, I hit uh, one of the worst, probably the worst iron shot of the week. I I did pull a pitching wedge and I plug it in the left bunker Hmm. and you can't get it close if you plug it. I mean, it's just, it's that firm. So blast it out to 30, 35 feet, um, make a really good two putt. He has a par putt from like six feet, misses it, makes bogey. So, okay, we both make bogey there. That's fine. And then, um, so we all know number nine, nine's the second shot up the hill. And it's got that bowl in the back, right? Where he likes to put the pin. It's great, great pin. Cause it's a good funnel pin, but it's not a guaranteed birdie. If you can hit it within that funnel there. So again, after that weak ass iron shot, I'm like, I need to get something a little bit stronger. It's uphill into the wind. Um, I'm still thinking of that shot all day today in, in my head at 146 up the hill, slightly quartering wind. I guessed it at about 155, 156 is the actual yardage. I'm like nine iron. That'll probably get me short of the bowl. We'll be fine. And just, I mean, just nutted on the nine iron as, as purely as I can hit it goes. I see it kind of traveling through the wind. And like, just get the hell down. And it didn't, it goes over the green and which is impossible at that point. Um, should have probably should have still made bogey end up making double. And then bogey made up just a bad, uh, a careless bogey on 10. Um, when Garrett makes, he goes, uh, he, he actually made bogey on nine. Um, and then he birdies 10 for that two shot swing. At that point it was, it was pretty close to being done. And at that, 
and I, you know, I hit some decent shots coming in, but at that point, I think it was four or five back. And then he made a couple of birdies coming in and, and just kind of separated himself. But the golf course was so tough and any bad shot that, that you hit, uh, off the tee or especially with the irons, um, you just got, you just got penalized. So was there, okay, two questions. Number one, was, was the setup too difficult in your mind for this tournament or was this, was this or was it about on par and just with a very challenging setup? I mean, did it, did it go over the edge? I guess. Uh, personally, personally, no, I do not think so because this is not the first day that this or the first weekend that this golf course has ever been set up. I was trying to think, I was actually on the drive home from work. And I knew you were going to ask me this question and I was like, how am I going to compare this to people here? Let's say we both like food. Okay. We both like food. And let's say that I invite you into several chicken winning wing eating contests. And most of them are mild. You know, you just know what you're going to get. You're just going to get good wings things you're gonna you're gonna be able to smash a bunch of them you're gonna be able to to just just go at it and just eat mm-hmm. chicken wings so you're you know in all these competitions here well we have a we have a chicken wing eating contest at this place but it's like ghost pepper sauce and it's always been ghost pepper sauce for 10 years and this is like and I, and we were hearing complaints about it that it was like the, the wings were too hot the wings weren't weren't good. They didn't taste good. They they were whatever. But we've been doing this for ten years. I mean, this the conditions were no different except for easier pins than the five man every year I've played it there. Um, I know a lot of people don't play the golf course very much. They usually play their own courses. But it's like, wh- what do you expect? You know. And if you wanted some some mild tasting wings or or something to just you know that you can enjoy and and feel comfortable with and and boost your ego by eating a lot of wings then then no this golf course was too much for you but if you wanted just to to get bruised and battered and beaten up this this was it i mean he had he did have two and i'll say he did and i told him that he did have two unfair pins on, and they were both Saturday, none of them on Sunday. They're Saturday. It was nine. He had a front left. And there's no way you could, if you were above the hole, you could keep it on the green. And then 18, which you couldn't keep it near the hole unless you were putting from the from the bottom of the, the hill there. So everything else was actually fair. But you just, you had to hit golf shots. And they, they moved a bunch of tees up. They tried to make it as easy as they can. But this is Riverbend Golf Course of, of 2023. This is, this is 2022, 2021. As long as Tom's had the golf course and had the chance to work on it, you know, this is what it is. And if you don't like the hard golf courses, if you don't like those hot ass wings, don't, don't eat them. I mean, don't play in the golf tournament. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I, I, I was thinking. It was like, you know what, I, when they, they have next year's entry fee is a entry fee is $35. Also bring a set of balls because this is, you're going to have to have them to, to play this course. And if, if it's not your cup of tea, then, then just don't play. If you want that ego boosting, oh, I shot 73, 71, you know, for a 144 score because, you know, I could, I could miss a bunch of shots and, and still score well, then that's fine. Then, then play in those events. But if you want, if you want to be tested, I mean, this is, 
this is our U.S. Open type thing. This is conditions that they see there where they push the limits of the golf course. So that's what he what he did. And other than two two pins that were that were extremely questionable and probably not good, um, you know that that's just how it is. So you know that's mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. And I don't want to single anybody or any golf course out or 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 anything like that. But if you don't like how this is going, you gotta you get you, you can't come and play in the event just to complain yeah. about it. Uh, great points. I I wholeheartedly agree with uh, your your thoughts on on that. As far as um, when you go to play Riverbend, you especially in a tournament setting like this, there should be an expectation that it's going to be challenging, and it's going to be challenging in in a way that it's not at. And I'm not throwing them under the bus, but the upcoming amateur open at Brookwood later in June, yes. right? Like that's just a different type of golf course that offers um, just a lot more scoring opportunities. Um, you know, probably 10 under might, might win that and that's fine. Um, but you come to Riverbend, you just can't, you, you can't afford to what you said. Sometimes you can hit it close and you're going to be hoping just to make a, or two putt from six feet, eight feet. And that's not usually the case at a lot of courses around here, but Riverbend's just a little bit of a different animal. And it's precision leaving yourself in uh you know decent spots around the green. If you miss a green, if a lot of those holes where if you miss it in a certain spot, you're 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 probably gonna make bogey. It could be worse. Um and that's just you you need to I mean you should know that going in. And if you don't like that type of challenge, you don't like that type of golf, then it's probably not for you and you probably shouldn't enter. Um, I know players like yourself. Um, I like that challenge. I like seeing what I can do on a golf course that offers a different test than a lot of others around the area. I think, um, you know, talk to a couple of guys that have also played in it from over the weekend. They had the same thought. Um, uh, so, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where, you you should you should know what to expect going in. You should expect it to be hard. You should expect scoring to be higher, and um, it's kind of the way it is. Um, but good thoughts on it. I appreciate you talking about it. Um, what's the next tournament for you? Ooh, um, I can't. I'm working during the the Brookwood one. So mm-hmm. shoot, it might be. Is it Interclub that's next? What about Three Rivers Tour? Anything on that? I, I believe I've got some scheduling conflicts with, I know the team event, I'm not available. Um, I'll have to look. I'm not sure. That's a good okay. question. I got, you know, I, you know, we're already into summer here. I better start looking at what my schedule is. Yeah, fair enough. All right. I appreciate your thoughts on, on, on the summit city and uh, a good finish. Pretty good season so far. I'm sure you're ready to win, but uh, maybe, maybe you're saving it for later in the summer. Good, yeah. Thanks for having me. Always. I mean, you're always welcome on this podcast. Thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Your Best Bet. We'll catch you next time.